I'm telling you to come a little closer. Okay? So let's stand and let's read from Revelation chapter 18. After these things, I saw... You can be seated. Last week, we saw the religious system judged and, and destroyed by God. That religious system that's been in place ever since, well, the devil created the first one. And then, of course, the Antichrist helps create that monster during the first three and a half years of the tribulation period. And then God judges it, destroys it all. Well, this week it's very similar, but it's very different. See, this week there is this vast consumer empire that you and I would never really think about. But it dictates to us today. It does. It tells us what we should buy, what we should do, and how we should live. And there's coming a day where God will judge that godless system. When the Antichrist in his final three and a half years will use this same system to exploit and bring about an agenda. God judges that Babylonian empire in chapter 18 today. So as we travel through this chapter this morning, this, this system that's going to be judged by God and utterly destroyed, even as the religious system was judged by God and destroyed last week, we've got to ask ourselves. We have to be honest with ourselves. How much of this Babylonian system directs and guides our lives today? First of all, please don't think it doesn't. Because every one of us here probably has a cell phone. Who told you to get that cell phone? The Babylonian system did. I don't think God said get a cell phone. Maybe he did for you. But who told you, who told you you needed a new TV? Didn't the old one work? The fat, heavy, square one? Didn't it work? Or maybe it was the new car for you, or a newer car. Or maybe it was the newer computer, because, well, this was just getting slow. Yeah, but doesn't it work? Wouldn't someone in a Tuchel in Africa be totally stoked to have that? Maybe just the better TV, or, or newer clothes. But did, didn't they work last time you wore them? Yeah, but you know, I just need newer clothes. See, the Babylonian system, that drives all of this. And we never think about it. But this morning we are, because it is going to be judged by God this morning, because this list of things that drives this Babylonian system, it's so ingrained into this world, and it influences you and I with the stuff of this world. And what the church must realize is, is this Babylonian system is designed to keep you and me busy and focused on it, rather than busy and focused on the Lord. So if I was to say, and I won't, but if I was to say, so how was your Bible reading last week? And if you were to say, well, I didn't really get there, that's because this Babylonian system has you so enraptured in it that that's, it's calling you. And it calls us so many different directions. And see, God's going to judge it and destroy it. So how much of this system that one day will be destroyed by God is in direct competition for our time, our dollars, and our resources with Jesus? Only you can answer that. I suggest to us all, it's probably way more than we might think. 
I want you to notice as we go down through this that there will be a lot of weeping. Kings in verse 9, merchants in verse 11, and Amazon or the distribution team in verse 15. And they're all going to weep for one reason and one reason only. Their money supply has been cut off, their customers are no more, and they have no more merchandise to sell. And they're going to weep. This is all going to be judged towards the end of the seven-year tribulation period. But team, there are great insights in the workings of this Babylonian system that you and I have to grab because it's going to seek to trap us and devour us today. And it does. And it does a really good job. So we've got to allow Jesus to examine our hearts as we go through this. Some of us may have to move out of Babylon and back into God's kingdom. All of us, though, are influenced by it. Please recognize that. We are. We're all influenced by it. But if you need to move out of Babylon and back into God's kingdom, then you've you got to respond to God's voice here. I did premarital on a couple years ago that they didn't never went to Calvary Chapel. But we were talking about, well, hey, let's talk about finances. You know, are you in debt? Yeah, a little bit. Well, how much a little bit? Uh, thousands. Well, how much? 40,000. Oh, really? Credit card debt? Uh, no, online trading. Well, she, she said, well, he's trying to build our future. Um, here, let me help you out. 40000 in debt on online trading. You should probably stop that. You're not very good at it. See, Babylon calls today, team, and we all must be tied with Jesus so we don't get lured away into its money-sucking, time-consuming ways. Because God's going to destroy it, and the enemy is slick. And he will package and he will process traps to look like beautiful items in this world that you just have to have or you have to engage in. See, that's the very plan that, that, that the devil played on Eve. Hey, God's withholding from you this one thing. You just got to have that. And it worked. She was perfect. Adam was perfect. He ate too. And so that system that started with Eve in the garden still works today. Except in this chapter, God's going to destroy it. Verse 1. After these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority. And the earth was illuminated with its glory. So let's kind of call this the illuminating angel. He's obviously has just come from heaven. And his time there is making him glowing. Kind of like when Moses was, would meet with God. He would walk away from there glowing. And he cried mightily with a loud voice saying, Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Now, some of the uh, living commentator writers who wrote prior to the fall of Saddam Hussein, they used to think that this was Babylon, Iraq, because, hey, he's in power. He was saying he was going to rebuild Babylon, but he's not in power anymore. So I think they only said that because he was in power. So I, I kind of side with those who say this is the world's commercial system because that's what it is. It's this commerce system that's being judged. And look at what has happened to this system here. Once it's destroyed, the demons move into this system because it's totally void of God. It's void of God now. It's going to be void of God then. So what's being judged here is stuff and new stuff and more stuff. Or the, I always need to have the current stuff. So Babylon, would you always provide for me stuff? And it does. It, it, it appeals to, to that. 
But here's what we need to be concerned with. Covetousness. Judas sells Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver because he used to keep the money. No doubt he sold them out because of covetousness. Paul says, I wouldn't have known that the law except for covetousness. See, wealth is the master passion of the world, especially when people compromise God's truth to gain more wealth. Look what it says here in verse 3. All the nations, big empires like the U.S. or poor ones like North Korea. For all the nations have all drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, as she would be intimately involved with her. Certainly spiritual idolatry here. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, past tense fact. And the merchants of the earth have become rich, past tense fact, through the abundance of her luxury. And I think it's not talking about the necessities of life. It's talking about the luxury items of life. And what's listed in here 2,000 years ago has some similar, but we would add a lot of different things in there today. But this is what the world system has done for people. It's satisfied the desire of the flesh, and it's made many people rich. And that's why we see that John writes, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We're to love Jesus Christ. Because this world is not our home. We're citizens of heaven. Please notice that this world wants to do to you and guard your heart against it. Its desire is to get you to fornicate with it. It wants to get you, it wants you to get in bed with this Babylonian system of commerce and worship it. And it's alluring, and it's attractive, and it's calling. That's what the Babylonian advertising and marketing does today, team. Let me ask this. As we live in this present Babylonian era, are we redeeming our days, team, where God gets time in our lives every day? Or is this Babylonian system sucking it all out of us? Are we devoted to the apostles' doctrine like the early church was every day? Or does, it, does this Babylonian system suck it all out of us? Are we devoted to the fellowship of the believers in the church every day? Or does this Babylonian system seek to suck the life right out of us? Are we breaking bread and prayer every day? We better be in this crazy world we live in. Because if we're not, team, the world system will fill the holes in each one of our lives. See, God has created each one of us with this vacuum. That's why, that's why people will gravitate when the Spirit's calling them. They'll respond to the voice of God, and, and the Spirit of God will come and fill that emptiness in our lives. But you know what? That same Spirit of God needs to fall upon us and fill that emptiness in our lives all the time. Because if we move away from God's thing and just do that on Sundays and Wednesdays and do our own things on the rest of the week, well, then the Babylonian system's going to fill those holes in our lives. We've got to guard against that. And we won't even realize it's happening. It'll just happen. And it does. Let's face it, it happens. We tell you guys, bring your Bibles. We tell you guys, read your Bibles. But think of it, the, the vast majority of the church. They don't tell them to bring their Bibles. And they certainly don't tell them to read them. And so they, they use all of these other things in this world to fill that void in their lives. And yet God wants us to fill it with him. We've got to understand that everything in this world is fighting for a piece of our soul. Yeah, we're going to heaven. 
But you know what? God wants us to be part of his team and his kingdom, influencing this world and not be caught up with the Babylonian system. And we're going to see in this chapter that these things in this world are a spell seeking to entice us away from God. If you've read ahead, you, you found the word sorcery. So there's this sorcery seeking to lure us away from our relationship with Jesus and into this Babylonian system that's going to be judged by God. And look around, church, it's working. It is working. All of this stuff in the world has Jesus' bride so busy. Jesus gets the leftovers, if even that. All of this stuff in this Babylonian system is fighting against God for a place in people's lives that literally only belongs to God. So we all who call on the name of Jesus Christ for salvation, we've got to fight against this material system designed by the devil himself to deceitfully, slickly lure us away from God. Here's why this system's so powerful. And the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. So everything that's in this world, all the trappings and stuff, all of it somehow centers around the good old-fashioned buck. Well, you know, we would tithe and place offerings in the box this week, but we're a little short as God gets the change after the world system gets the dollars. Something's backwards there, team. This next verse is for all who call on the name of Jesus Christ. It's another voice from heaven. And I heard a vo another voice from heaven saying, as God calls the nation of the Jews out of Babylon before he destroys her, and he says, come out of her, my people. So this would be the Jews who at the three-and-a-half-year marker were embracing the Antichrist, the beast, but all of a sudden he demands to be worshipped. They flee. They're still alive. They haven't worshipped the beast but they haven't turned to Jesus Christ and God's saying, hey, come out from amongst her. Lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. So that's what God's going to say to the nation and the Jews. But you and I today, God's, God's already said that to us. He's called us to separate ourselves from this world. It's critical. And he wants us to do that so it doesn't entice us and move us away from our relationship with Jesus. It's critical. Even as God will separate his chosen people from this monster before he judges it, God wants you and I to live that way today. Yes, we live in the world, but we're not to be a part of it. God has consistently been calling his people out of this world. We see that in the Old Testament. We see it with the uh, destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. God calls Lot out. We saw it with, with Noah. God saved him through it. And yet we also find the same thing about separating from the world in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul writes to you and I, the bride of Christ, that God is calling us not to be yoked together with the things in this world. And then in verse 17 of that same chapter, he says, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I'll receive you. That, that's to the church, born again believers. We read in James 4.4, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. It's, it's, it's all through there. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. So in this final call from God here, his last great plea for people to flee it before he destroys it, Hey, come out of the world in the system it represents. But here's why. Look at verse 5. 
for her sins have reached to heaven. And God has remembered her iniquities. Don't you wish we had a thermometer or something so we could kind of see how close we were? You know, we're close. But when God says enough is enough, God's going to judge it. And yet I wonder how close we are today. Probably closer than we think. Because her sins have reached to heaven, render to her just as she rendered to you. Return on her head the same as she has been giving out and repay her double according to her works. And the cup which she has mixed, mixed double for her. So all of her works and ways have been recorded by God and it's double payback on judgment day here. And the measure that she, this Babylonian commercial system, glorified herself and lived luxurious, luxuriously in the same measure times two. Remember it says payback double? Give her torment and sorrow for she says in her heart, I sit as a queen and I am no widow and I will not see sorrow. That's how Ms. Babylon lives. That's how she thinks. It started with pride. We see she glorified herself. She said in her heart, I sit as queen. She was totally stuck on herself and what she wanted. And she devoured any who got in her way as she would entice people into her system. Says so she lived luxuriously. She loved her stuff. Whatever she wanted, she got or did. She looked at, never looked at price tags. She just went after it. God's going to judge that. She says in her heart, I'm no widow. I'm not going to see sorrow. Suffering was never going to be a part of her lifestyle. She, this, this system thinks it's untouchable, but here's what she forgot about. She forgot about God's judgment. And God is going to pay her back double. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day. See that long dash? Hmm, wow. I'm supposed to stop and think about that. Death and mourning and famine, and she'll be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judges her. So when her judgment starts, it will be complete all at the same time. Even as God destroyed the religious Babylon last week, God will do the same to this commercial Babylon that has destroyed so many lives, and it has. Think of how many lives have been destroyed by the commercial system of Babylon. How many marriages have been destroyed because of people worshiping the commercial system of Babylon? And so when God destroys, it'll be fast. One day in verse 8, it says one hour in verse 10, and one hour in verse 17, when it happens, it's going to be fast and furious and for good reason. Just think of how many times this world system has lied to you or deceived you. And I'm not talking about your BC days, I'm talking about your 80 days. After death, when you became a believer, think of how many ways this system has lied to you. Do you really need the next shirt or the next pair of shoes or the next... Well, yeah, it looks good on me. As you <laughs> jam it into your closet. It's how she works. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Wow, they're, they're weeping. Does that mean they're repenting? No, because they're weeping over her. The her is the entire world, minus God in our world today. If you die before the rapture, whatever of the world you were living for or owned or stored up, it's going to get burned up. 
Oh yeah, it might get handed down to somebody, but eventually it's all going to get burned up. It's not going to do you any good anymore. However, whatever you store away in heaven, it awaits your arrival. But see, the Babylonian system doesn't want you to store anything in heaven. It wants to lure you to where you store it all on this earth. It's the great devil's plan. And one of the most misunderstood parables in the Bible, the one where the the master says, hey, you've been an unfaithful steward. I'm going to fire you. And so what does he do? I'm too ashamed to beg. I can't dig. So he goes to all of his creditors and say, how much do you owe my master? hundred of this? Take your bill right at the 50. You know what I'm talking about? This is how Jesus describes and brings understanding to this, this parable. I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, and we all are going to fail unless the rapture happens, we're all going to die. That when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. In other words, use your present resources of life today to plan ahead for all of eternity tomorrow. It's critical. Throughout the scriptures, we see that. These here who have stored all their treasures on this earth and nothing in heaven, they're weeping when they see the smoke of her burning. And why? Their stuff's burned out. They lost their economy. There's no more buyers or sellers, and there's no money. They're weeping because they'll no longer be able to use her and rip off people that they were to govern. Kings of the earth are weeping for her when they see the smoke of her burning. Standing at a distance for fear of her torment. Some would believe this is nuclear. It could be. Maybe it's they don't want to catch what she has as she's destroyed by this intense fire in one hour. Saying, alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And so they're bummed out because they can no longer be used and use her anymore. So this present system that we all have to guard against is driven by the dollar or really the love of the dollar or the love of what the dollar can buy for me and what it can gain me. And as followers of Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful here for this is how she works today. And the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore. I would underline that. This is the key to the whole world system. The buying of merchandise. The exchanging of currency for product. See, our world system is driven by buy low or buy in bulk and sell high and exchange for currency. If you were to pull the world's currency today, it, the world would totally collapse. But yet one day it's going to happen. Have you ever thought about how these merchants of the world today control your lives? Certainly marketing and advertising driven by Babylon does all that. When born-again believers woke up in, in uh, I think it was June of 2007. I know it was 2007. So who was born again in 2007? That was uh, 11 years ago. When you woke up in June of 2007, no one said to themselves, you know what, I think I'm going to go buy an iPhone. No. Babylonian market and advertising told you, hey, they're coming on sale and I wouldn't be surprised if people, if there's people here that went and stood in that line to get one of those first ones because the Babylonian system is calling you. See, the Babylonian marketing and advertising system tells you what is hot and what is not. Did you see the 25-year-old Chinese man last week in the news that, that had um, 
sold his kidney when he was 17 so he could buy an iPhone 4 and an iPad 2. Technology that's totally out of date today. But see, the Babylonian system did that. He, now he's bedridden for the rest of his life because Babylon enticed him to give away a kidney to the black market, market surgery shop. How about Christmas presents? Hey, this is the rage this year. Gotta have it. But who, who comes up with that? Who sets and dictates this is the thing, parents, as we all stood in line trying to get something for our kids? But who comes up with this? Babylon does. Babylon does. They tell us what's important. You know, you watch the news. It's all packaged and processed. You go to this channel, same news. This channel, same news. How come there's nothing different? Because they tell us what we want to hear. Well, Babylon does the same thing commercially. This is what's cool. This is what's not. Or how about video games and cell phones? They're always evolving, enticing you to get the latest one. But did the old one work? Yeah. Huh. See, no doubt, tucked away somewhere in the vaults of consumerism is this progression where they can melt the most money out of you and I, the consumer, by launching the next one. I remember back in the 80s and 90s, it was a new video game system every year. Boom, boom, boom. They knew where it was gonna end up. They know that. It's not like, hey, wow, somebody just developed new technology. No, they already knew all of that. How about airbags? I remember being at Expo 74 as a young, man, a young boy. And I remember seeing the technology of it all. I mean, we didn't even have to wear seatbelts back then. And I remember seeing it, and I was fascinated by, wow, this thing could come out and stop you from going through the windshield and saving your life. Wow, that's amazing. That was in 74. The year they were acquired was September 1st, 1998, 24 years later. Yet all of that info for airbags was tucked away in the manufacturer's vaults, waiting for the, peop for the proper time to be able to get more money out of the consumer's pockets where people would be willing to pay for it. That's how Babylon works. See, there's a system in play here. Merchandise of, verse 12, of the wants and not the needs. And again, this list would be different today. This is what the list was 2,000 years ago. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have all that stuff we have today. Merchandise of gold and silver, precious stones and pearls, fine linen and purple, silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron, marble, and cinnamon. Cinnamon was luxury item, man. I got a big old thing from, or from Sam's Club sitting in my, in my uh, cupboard. And incense, used to burn that when we were hippies. Fragrant oil and frankincense, wine and oil. Really, oil? Who doesn't have a jug of oil in their kitchen? Yeah. Fragrant oil, frankincense, wine and oil, fine flour and wheat, cattle and sheep, horses and chariots. And look at this interesting thing here at the end. And bodies and souls of men and I had and women. So will the beast enslave mankind when he comes on the scene? Possible. Were all of these luxury items brought about at the expense of the bodies of souls of men and women. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure about that. At least a lot, many are. Or lastly, do all these luxury items enslave men and women today to where they're not even able to buy their basic necessities because they're in debt because they bought the new TV, the new car, the new cell phone. And it's like, man, honey, we're gonna have to go charge diapers because we don't have any money left. 
and they're in bondage to the luxuries of life. Which one's true? I don't know. I believe all of the above. It's amazing to me that people need, when they need help with their finances today, it's like, um, you know, because people will call us. It's like, uh, well, are you willing to give up your cell phone and cable? No way. Well, I'm sorry, we can't help you. What am I supposed to watch? How about read your Bible? How about go out and volunteer? It's crazy. When I got saved and God spoke to me that, you know, shortly after I got saved, about eight, six, seven months, that someday you'll be in full-time ministry, I was so convicted, my credit card debt, because I was 25000 in debt. That was in 83. That would be a lot more today. And I was so convicted, I changed my entire lifestyle. All I ate was potatoes. That's all I ate. Boy, was I happy when they had a church function that had food at <laughs> But I ate potatoes. And when hot dogs would come on sale for a quarter, I went down and I cut them up and cook them up real hard, and they looked like meat. And I mixed them in with my potatoes. And then, then another single gal said, hey, look, we do just spaghetti. I go, really, without meat sauce? Yeah, try it. Wow, wasn't bad. But I was stuck in that place because the Babylonian system said, look, this is what you need to buy. And then it was, hey, um, you know, you can get free Bible teaching tapes from Firefighters for Christ. Really? It's not going to cost me nothing? Not just a posting stamp. Wow! And that's, what I, that's how I lived my life. And God got us out of debt. But it was a rattled, radical direction away from this Babylon. But today, you, should, you suggest radical change? For so many, they think, you're just a total freak. That's not going to happen here. No, it's got to happen. Seeing that the bodies and souls of men and women is, is wrapped right in with the upscale merchandise of the world, the first things that come to my mind is prostitution and human trafficking. Slavery, pornography. How about unsafe working conditions and mines outside of the U.S.? How about the poor people that are growing drugs for the cartels in Afghanistan and other places like that? Parents selling their kids for money. It happens today in our world. Sweatshops. So much of those people are enslaved to this Babylonian system. If we are to trace the origin of everything we have on today, things in our bags or our purses or components inside our cell phone, we'd be embarrassed as we would find out how much of that stuff was built and designed in sweatshops. Oh yeah, it may say made in Vietnam or Malaysia or something on the tank, but I can guarantee you it wasn't all made in places where it was above board. Why? Because man is in love with the dollar today. And they enslave bodies and souls of men and women. They place them in bondage so that you and I can buy our stuff. I think we'd be a little shocked if we were to research it out. But you know what? That's nothing when it's going to be compared like when the beast is in control of the world. He's going to ratchet everything up, just like he did with the religious system. He ratcheted it all up, and then he turned on it and destroyed it. If you look back at verse 11, these here are not weeping over their sins, but over their wallets and godless hearts. All the merchants of the earth will weep and mourn over here for no one buys their merchandise. It's 
See, that's why Jesus said in Matthew 6, 19, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we have to allow the Spirit of God to check our hearts. Their hearts are on this earth, and they are growing men weeping for their almighty dollar. If you were to group all these consumer goods together in verses 12 and 13 and give them one word, the word that would be used would probably be luxuries and not the necessities of life. And I understand people exploit all that. But we shouldn't. I remember one time at a pastor's conference, there are all these gold cars out there, gold Lexus, that was the big thing. Pastor Chuck went up there, an opening speaker, and said something about, wow, there's a lot of gold cars. I don't even really remember what he said. I know this, at lunchtime, they were all gone. Because see, the Babylonian system is, hey, you, hey, you've been a faithful, successful pastor. Hey, you deserve this. So they, you know, of course, when one guy bought it, then the next guy bought it. Next thing you know, there's a couple dozen of them in the parking lot. But see, they are swept away by the Babylonian system. Until Pastor Chuck got up there and spoke, and then they all went and traded them in. Team, this is not our home. Heaven's our home. We're visitors here. <clears throat> Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 6, that godliness with contentment is great gain. We're pilgrims. We're strangers. See, God doesn't want us to invest into this homeland. He wants us to invest in our homeland because we're visitors here. Our homeland is heaven. The fruit, verse 14, that the world system supplied for you, the merchants, the fruit that your soul longed for has gone from you, and all the things which are rich and splendid have gone for you, and you shall find them no more at all. Yeah, because God destroyed them in one hour. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city that was clothed in fine linen, purple and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, for in one hour such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ship, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance. See, we have we trade on airplanes today. You know, we can move it a lot faster. Stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, What is like this great city? It's not concerned with people or people's lives. It's only concerned about their stuff. See, that's why the merchants stand afar off and weep and mourn. They're going to have to close their shop. And so they throw dust on their heads, and they cried out, weeping and wailing and saying, Alas, alas, that great city in which all who had ships on the sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she is made desolate. The third time that God's word shows us that her judgment is going to be swift. And as you view verse 19, this just shows us that man worshipped her. This almighty dollar of the almighty commercial system. And certainly that, like I said earlier, that's destroyed many marriages today. Finances. One of the number one of the top three reasons why people get divorced. 
But that's not the only thing of where Babylon's destroyed marriages. Men worshiping the machine of business so they can earn more money, so they can go back and invest in the Babylonian system rather than investing in and loving and teaching and leading by words and actions their families to worship and talk and walk with the one true God. Instead, the Babylonian system say, hey, you got to earn more so you can buy more. And in the process, the family unit's destroyed. It's a rather slick plan, and God's going to destroy that. It says right here, one hour she's made desolate. Devastated, gone, totally wiped out at God's command. Because it is proven that kids would rather have parents than stuff. And yet, this Babylonian system says, work harder, make more, buy more stuff. One hour, she's totally wiped out at God's command. But in heaven, totally different attitude, verse 20, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. While the world is weeping over this system, we who are in Christ, who have stored up for ourselves treasures in heaven are commanded by God to rejoice in the fact that God has brought his judgment. God has brought his righteous judgment. Not rejoicing over the destruction of the ungodly people, but rejoicing over the destruction of the ungodly system that controls people's lives today. So let's stop and ask ourselves and be real honest with ourselves for a second. In light of the outcome of all that stuff that's one day destroyed, it's hard to live in this world with all this stuff and not be enticed by it. True or false? It's true. We've got to be honest with that. See, if I'm ever going to make a change in my life and how I live, I've got to at least be honest and realize, man, it is very enticing. It's very slick. You look at what they got or the new thing comes along, and it's easy for our hearts to cover, or even worse yet, to purchase, because someone else had it. Rather than looking to the Lord, we lean on our own understanding, and we do what we want to do because we want to do it. But when we do that, we buy into the Babylonian system, and parents, if we're not looking to the Lord and we're, and, we're, and we're just making decisions and based upon what Babylon is, we are teaching our kids to, to, to live the same way. And when they get older, it'll be monkey see, monkey do. Church, we've got to fight and guard against it all the time because God's going to destroy it. So we don't want to be taken captive by it. You, you know the Ashley twins, you know the two little girls that were in that uh, show, what was it called? Full house, okay. You know, as they got older, something happened. Yes, they still used to travel around, but as their underlying message was that of, hey, you got to get into Babylon and be a part of Babylon. Because in their movies, the newer ones, it's private limo, private jet, unbelievable resort, jet skis, boats, scuba diving, parasailing, horseback riding, scooters, nightclubs, water slides, the coolest fashions, too many boys, playing with dolphins, feeding exotic fish, solved a crime, ended in jail, got out, be the heroes. I mean, they're selling something as they plan into the young people's minds and hearts what's cool and what's important. Parents, it's critical for us to plan into our kids' minds what's cool and important based upon God's truth. I mean, that was just two young ladies. But it was a message that went out to all who watched it that this is what real living is all about. You know, why can't you and I as believers 
Why can't we tweak our vacations and trips? Why can't we make them spiritual retreats? You know, just, hey, yeah, we're going to unplug, we're going to go on a vacation, but we're going to make it a spiritual retreat with Jesus. Or better yet, why not why make it a mission trip and f fulfill the part of the Great Commission that Jesus has called all of us to be about? I know that when people go on vacation, some people go, oh yeah, we don't need that Bible. We're not going to read it. And so in a sense, they go on vacation from God. Believers, we can't live that way. The Babylonian system is, is driving us when we think that way. Why not tweak it? Hey, where are you going? Well, we're going on a vacation, but it's going to become a spiritual retreat with Jesus. The Babylonian system that God is judging is the very thing that we as followers of Jesus Christ are called by God to guard our hearts against. We should unplug. We should go on trips. But don't leave God out. If anything, God should be more in it because now we don't have to do all the stuff that we have to do at home. See, that's why God in his word says to stay out of it. Whatever it is to you, please, stay out of it. Then a mighty angel, verse 21, took up a stone like a great millstone and he threw it into the sea. It's a picture in your mind. You know, you, you pick up the biggest rock you can and you throw it into the biggest body of water you can. Where does it go when you throw it in? It's gone. That's what's going to happen to the system here. And he, and, he, and he threw this system into the sea, saying, Thus with great violence, with violence, the great city Babylon shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. Boom, it's gone. The sound of harpists, musicians, flutists, and trumpeters shall not be heard in you anymore. Uh, well, we're just going to go to the wine bar and drink and, and, and uh, listen to jazz and drink wine. Well, that's cool. I don't care. The Bible doesn't say can't. But it'll be sucked into the system. Be witnessing for Jesus there. We got to guard against all this stuff, team. No craftsman or any craft shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of a millstone shall not be hurting you anymore. Let me say this, though. If you're going to go to the wine bar and listen to jazz, just make sure you understand you're teaching your kids something. You are. You're teaching them what's important. No craftsman or crafts shall be found in you anymore, and the sound of a millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. The light of a lamp shall not shine in you anymore, and the voice of bridegroom and bride shall not be heard in you anymore. As you, it's all over. Someday this world system that entices us and calls us will pass away. This here, middle of verse 23, we've got to learn this. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your Sorcery, Greek word pharmakia, the dispensing of drugs, okay? So by your addicting actions of the Babylonian style of living, all the nations were deceived. It's crazy. And in her, this entire worldly system was found the blood of prophets and saints and of all who were slain on the earth. See, people are slain on the earth today because they, a lot of times because they rob them. Other times it's just because they murder them. And yet one of the many reasons that God judges this Babylonian way of living is because she killed God's people. 
those we read about in the Old Testament, those who are being killed today for standing up for, for their witness of Jesus Christ all around the world today, are they being killed? And see this godless system, we t God tells us right here, she's behind the death of all of that. See, when someone attacks God's kids, they're not attacking God's kids, they're attacking God. Remember Saul, when Jesus came up to him and said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? God sees that and takes it personal. This present world system that one day will be judged wants to draw us away from our fellowship of and with Jesus and get us all caught up in her ways, team. And we got to guard against that. It's everywhere. It's ingrained everything. It gets us all busy doing stuff today. See, that's why James writes to the church, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. We got to guard against it. I want to end with these words of Jesus in Mark 8, 36. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? I hope each one of us, we won't give anything for it. But I can guarantee you the, the enemy in the Babylonian system is conjuring up and creating things to try and pull you away to where you'll give it away. That's what... These in this material Babylonian system are living for. And all that got them was death. So team, you know, we need a battle plan. We really do. Otherwise, Babylon will suck you in and spit you out before she, because she calls you 24-7. Doesn't matter. There's always something calling. And this is why our daily checking in with Jesus is so critical, team. The world system wants to deceive you and tell you, tells you what's important. And Jesus wants to bless us and keep us on the straight and narrow. So where are you today? Only you can answer that. I hope we're all citizens of heaven, but there, I don't know, maybe you might be a citizen of Babylon. Each system requires devotion, worship, time, and money, and resources death. And only you can answer, what, what do you do with all that? If you've never turned to Jesus, that would make you a total resident of Babylon. Even though Christians could be temporary residents of Babylon, and yet hopefully today you realize, man, i got to get out of this thing. But if, you, but if you've never turned to Jesus, and you're a resident of Babylon, Jesus says, hey, turn to me, and get out of Babylon into my family. That's his offer to you. And he says, do it today while you still have time. And if you've never turned to Jesus, you may be going, what is this crazy guy he's talking about, all this stuff? Listen, if you can understand this, if you've never turned to Jesus, that means you're living in this world system and that's all you know. But God says, no, turn to me and watch. I will show you a whole new world to live in. But you have to turn to him. And as you turn to him, he will not only forgive you of all the sin, but the spirit of the living God will come and dwell in you and will cause you to see everything different. But until you turn to him, all you'll see is this Babylonian system. And for us as believers, we should be able to see God's system and the Babylonian system. We should be able to see it real clear now. But if you've never turned to Jesus, man, today's the day to turn. Father, this morning as our hearts are set before you.